all praises to the most high you children of israel brothers and sisters of the most high i am your host the apostle reuben is the sabbath done away with the seventh day sabbath these are questions that many people would ask the ministers and many ministers would go into certain books like romans 6 verses 14 and 15 and Ephesians 2 verse 5 through 8 and the beginning of the four gospels to try to explain away the seventh day Sabbath but we're going to be taking a look at both testaments when it comes to this matter and we're going to work our way from the beginning all the way into the acts of the apostles all the way into prophecy to see if the Sabbath is truly done away with. And if it's not, brothers and sisters, what is the punishment for not keeping it? Find out in this podcast episode entitled, Is the Sabbath Done Away? All praises to the Most High, brothers and sisters. I'm your host, the Apostle Reuben. And in this podcast episode, as I was talking about in the introduction, we're going to be reviewing the Sabbath day. I want to begin in the book of Exodus chapter, Exodus chapter 31, Exodus chapter 31, and I'm going to start in verse 13 and read through 17. Now, traditionally, we usually that teach the Sabbath day start in Genesis 2 verses 1 through 3, but I'm going to do it a little bit different. In this podcast, I'm going to start in the book of Exodus 31 verses 13 through uh, 17. And it is a reason behind it. There's a reason behind it. I'm going to show you. Exodus chapter 31, verse 13. Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily, my Sabbath ye shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that ye may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. Now, as, as we take a look at verse 13, what we want to see is this. Speak thou also unto the children of Israel. So the children of Israel is who received this covenant. Now, there are many ministers that would say that, well, there was a mixed multitude that came out with Israel according to Exodus 12, verse 38. But that multitude that came out with Israel were not equivalent to Israel. They were not equal to Israel. They just came out. The first of the law was given unto the children of Israel. Let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 24. I want to go here real quick. Exodus chapter 24. And I'm going to start reading in verse 4 and down. 
I'm going to read this very quickly. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and builded an altar under the hill and the 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. But that mixed multitude was with them. But Moses builded 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes. Verse 5. And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. Verse 6. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and half of the blood and sprinkled on the, on the altar. So he put half the blood in basins and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Verse 7. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. Verse 8. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the, the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. So the children of Israel had the blood sprinkled on them and the covenants given unto them. So the giving of the law was to the children of Israel and the blood of that covenant was sprinkled on all the children, the people of Israel whether it be old men, young men, old women, young women, children, and even infants. Let's go back to the book of Exodus, chapter 31, and we're going to start reading in verse 14. Ye shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that, every one of the children of Israel, everyone that defileth it, surely shall surely be put to death for whosoever doeth any work therein that soul shall be cut off from among his people verse 15 six days may work be done but in the seventh is the sabbath of rest holy to the lord whosoever doeth any work in the sabbath day he shall surely be put to death so the lord repeats himself just to make sure they hear it just to make sure they hear him. Verse 16, Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. Verse 17, It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. So right off the top, brothers and sisters, we see that this covenant of the Sabbath was made with the children of Israel, not all nations. Not all nations, but the children of Israel. This is very important to remember and understand, of course. Now, what were some of the things that the Sabbath 
as I would say, we were required not to do on the Sabbath day. I want to go backwards to the book of Exodus chapter 16, verse 23. I'm going to read verses 23, then I'm going to drop down to 27 and read uh, through 30. This is to the children of Israel. And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said, Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today, and seethe that which seethe that ye will seethe. So to bake is to use fire, to seethe is to boil. And that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. So, until the morning of the Sabbath, you leave up what you had cooked, what you had baked or you had boiled. So, if you had a stew that you boiled, that would be left until the morning of the Sabbath. If you had baked anything like bread or a certain meat, you would lay it over until the next day. Verse 27. Now, the reason why I'm dropping down to verse 27 is because an instruction has been given, a commandment. And what I want you to see, brothers and sisters, is that the children of Israel, as I read in the book of Romans chapter um, 8, verse 7 in previous podcasts, are not subject to the law. Most of them have a carnal mind. Let's go to Romans 8, verse 7. Then we're coming back to the book of Exodus 16, and we're going to start in verse 27. The book of Romans, chapter 8, and verse 6 and 7. It says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So our minds is not subject to the law of God. We're not, you, you have people that will teach ministers that will teach people that will believe that that Sabbath day is done away only because they are not subject to the law. God did not, God gave you a choice because his worship is about choice. Let's go back to the book of Exodus chapter 23, and we're going to, 16, I mean, 16, Exodus 16, Exodus 16, we're going to read verses 27 through 30. Exodus 16, 27 through 30. And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather, and they found none. See, it's a choice. Verse 28. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? <clears throat> 
He didn't say Sabbaths. He said the laws. Because the Sabbath is a law. This is why many pastors um, will say when you tell them why they don't keep the Sabbath, they were not under the law. They just, they didn't, they never, because you can't separate the Sabbath from the law. The Sabbath is part of the law. And as it says in James 2 and 10, if you shall keep the whole law and offend at one point, that means sin at one point, you break them all. So if you break the Sabbath, you break all the law, not just that Sabbath, but every last law. Verse 29 of the book of Exodus 16. See for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath. Therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. But notice. It took more than one time, brothers and sisters, for God to tell them. As a matter of fact, it takes many times for the children of Israel to understand what God is trying to tell them. Over and over. Let's get the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel. Chapter 22. And I'm going here, brothers and sisters, because what I want to do is I want to talk about the pastors for a second. The ministers that teach you this Bible. Have 66 books like I do. And like I said, it's many ministers who believe not that... Um, well, who believe that the, the Apocrypha is not canon. It is not uh, a legitimate part of the Holy Scriptures, brothers and sisters, also know why it was removed. They read that. They know it was removed by the Protestant Church. It was removed, not by God, but a group of Protestants, men that decided that the book was not canon. Remember Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. Proverbs 30 and 6, Revelation 22, verses 18 19, all say, do not add or take away from God's word. But these members of this group had no problem in doing it. They were told not to by scripture, but they did it. Which means someone is not following the instructions of the Bible. Or else trying to hide some things. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 25. Let me show you what was going on in the time of Ezekiel, which is going on today. Because you can't change the words of the Bible, brothers and sisters. You cannot do it. The scriptures cannot be broken. Ezekiel 22, verse 25. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof. A conspiracy. 
It's a plot going on. A roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and the precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Now, it said they have taken the treasure. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 33, verse 6. Let's look at this treasure. Let's look at this treasure the Lord is talking about. Isaiah chapter 33 and verse 6. It says, And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times, and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. So the fear of the Lord is the treasure unto the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? What does the Bible say the fear of the Lord is? Let's get the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. This is the fear of the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. This is why man was created. But the point is, brothers and sisters, I want to make was that we were to fear God and how we do it is to keep his commandments. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 29. Let's go back to the law. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 29. Let's read it. Verse 29 says, Oh, that there were such a heart in them, talking about the children of Israel, that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it may be well with them and their children forever. Brothers and sisters, the law was given unto the tribes of Israel. The blood was sprinkled on the tribes of Israel. The Sabbath was a sign between God and the children of Israel, which sanctified them from other nations. But what I want to do is, I'm going to show you an instance in the Bible the Sabbath, and I'm, I'm going out of order, brothers and sisters, because in, in a direct the direction I'm going, I want to kind of give you, I kind of want to set you in an understanding about what could happen when the Sabbath is dealt with by wicked men, unlawful men. And how they can also remove scripture. And when I say remove scripture, I, I mean remove it from the hearts of the people. They could hold scripture. Like, for instance, people say that God do away or fulfills it. Let's get the book of Psalms chapter 119, verse 126. 
Psalms 119, verse 126. This is what the Bible says. It says, Psalms 119, verse 126. It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. So man can also teach you how to break God's law. Psalms 119, verse 85 says, The proud have digged pits for me, which are not after thy law. So right away, brothers and sisters, men can go into the Bible and twist and distort the law of God. They can commit violence against the law of God. And as we um, went over in the um, podcast entitled The Gentiles, if you have never watched that, I encourage you to watch it, brothers and sisters, because it shows that some of the Gentiles um, that Paul was talking about were not always talking about the other nations, but the children of Israel, which were scattered. And this is going to play an important part in the Sabbath lesson I'm going to teach. This is going to play an important part. Let's go to the book of Nehemiah 13. Nehemiah chapter 13. This is when the children of Israel were freed during the Persian captivity. And they began to rebuild their city and their walls. I'm going to take you to an instance in the book of Nehemiah chapter 13, to let you understand, to, to, to let you see that Israel dealt, or I should say Nehemiah dealt with the Sabbath day a little bit different than you have been taught. I want to show you this instance. This is the book of Nehemiah, chapter 13, and I'm going to read from verses 15 down. Watch this, brothers and sisters. In those days I saw in Judah some treading the wine presses on the Sabbath, and bringing in sheaves and laden asses, and also wine, grapes, and figs, all manner of burdens. So, as any other day, the children of Judah began to, on the Sabbath day of rest, do the exact same thing that they were doing in the six days, which they brought in Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I testified against them and the day wherein they sold victuals. Verse 16, there dwelt men of Tyre also. Also there dwelt men of Tyre, which brought fish and all manner of ware and sold on the Sabbath day unto the children of Judah and Jerusalem. 
Then I contended with the nobles of Judah and said unto them, What evil thing is this that ye do and profane the Sabbath day? So by continuing in business as usual, now you know today on the Sabbath day, these exact same things go on. They buy and sell. The Sabbath day, economics flourish. This is an example of that. But watch Nehemiah. Watch Nehemiah. Verse 18 of Nehemiah chapter 13. This is Nehemiah contending with them. Now remember, I read in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 4. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 4. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 4. Says this. They that forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. So the breaking of the law, the children of Israel were doing the exact same thing as those wicked nations outside of them by profaning the Sabbath. Okay. Let's go back to the book of Nehemiah 13. We're going to start in verse 18. Verse 18. Did not your fathers thus, and did not our God bring this evil upon us and upon this city? Yet ye bring more wrath upon Israel by profaning the Sabbath. So God... In his wrath to the children of Israel is because they profane the Sabbath. Verse 19. And it came to pass that when the gates of Jerusalem began to be dark before the Sabbath. Friday evening is what this is. Going into darkness, I commanded that the gates should be shut and charged that they should not be open till after the Sabbath, which is Saturday night. And some of my servants set I at the gates, and there should no burden be bought in on the Sabbath day. We're not going to be buying, we're not going to be selling, we're not going to be trading on this day. Verse 20. So the merchants and sellers of all kind of were lodged without the wall once or twice. But you had people on the outside of the wall sitting there waiting to conduct business as usual. These are the people that did not receive the law and receive the Sabbath day. Watch Nehemiah. Then I testified against them and said unto them, Why lodge ye about the wall? 
If ye do so again, I will lay hands on you. From that time forth came no they came no more on the Sabbath day. Nehemiah was about to get serious about this thing. He said, if you people come near this wall again trying to sell and conduct business as usual on the Sabbath day like they do today in this land we live in, Nehemiah said, I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to come out this gate with my crew and I'm going to literally beat you out of this place. Now, remember, they had restored the temple, built the wall. When it came down to the Sabbath day, they were not going to let the heathen come in again to try to make them profane it as the fathers did, according to Nehemiah. Verse 22, and I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves and that they should come and keep the come and keep the gates to sanctify the Sabbath day. Remember me, O oh my God, concerning this also, and spare me according to thy greatness of thy mercy. So Nehemiah says, and I commanded the Levites, verse 22, that they should cleanse themselves and that they should come and keep the gates to sanctify the Sabbath day. Let's set it apart as God did in our hearts. Remember me, oh my God. He said, he said, remember me. He wanted to be remembered, oh my God, concerning this also. Concerning what? Keeping the Sabbath day hollowed within the gates of the city. This was big. He wanted to be in remembrance. And spare me according to the greatness of thy grace or mercy. Because grace means mercy. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. I must take a short break. When I come back, we're going to take a look a little bit closer into the grace and mercy. We're going to one verse. Stay tuned. All praises to the Most High. Welcome, you children of Israel. Before the break, we were in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 13, and we were reading verse 22. And for the act of restoring the Sabbath, he wanted God to remember. Now, I, when I say restore the Sabbath, restore the Sabbath among the gates of Jerusalem. Now, you see the word Jerusalem. I want to go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17. And I want to remind you, brothers and sisters, Nehemiah may be in the text before Jeremiah, but Jeremiah actually took place before the time of Nehemiah. I want to read to you several scriptures out of the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17 concerning the Sabbath day. I want you to listen very carefully, brothers and sisters, as we're going to read in the chapter of uh, 17, verses 21 through 27. Now, I usually like to break it down when I read, 
but I'm just going to read through uh, Jeremiah 17, 21 through 27. Jeremiah 17, verse 21. Thus saith the Lord, take heed to yourselves and bear no burden on the Sabbath day, nor bring it in by the gates of Jerusalem. Neither carry forth a burden out of your houses on the Sabbath day. Neither do ye any work, but hallow ye the Sabbath day as I commanded your fathers. But they obeyed not, neither inclined their ear, but made their neck stiff, that they might not hear nor receive instruction. Like it was in the book of Exodus chapter 16. One of the examples, one of the examples in Exodus chapter 16. Verses, I just want to read uh, verses 23, and then I'm going to drop down to verse 27. Exodus 16, verse 23 says, And it came, and he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said. Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye shall bake today, and seethe that which ye will seethe. And that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. So any cooking should have been done on the sixth day. The seventh day was to be kept for you and for the Sabbath. It was your food for the day. Verse 27. And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather, and they found none. See, brothers and sisters, it was just hard for the children of Israel to hearken unto the Lord from the beginning on the Sabbath day. Verse 24, verse 24 of Jeremiah 17. Verse 24. And it shall come to pass, if ye diligently hearken unto me, saith the Lord, and bring in no burden through the gates of this city on the Sabbath day, but hollow the Sabbath day and do no work therein. No work. I'm going to explain to you what this work is when we go back to the book of Nehemiah. Verse 25. Then shall there enter into the gates of the city kings and princes, sitting upon the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses, they and their princes, and the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and this city shall remain forever. So <laughs> if we kept the Sabbath, now remember the Gentiles were not given the Sabbath. You're going to see that when we go back to Nehemiah 13. In the gates of Jerusalem if we kept the Sabbath as commanded, our city would have remained it forever. Verse 26. And they shall come from the cities of Judah and from the places about Jerusalem 
and from the land of Benjamin, and from the plain, and from the mountains, and from the south, bringing burnt offerings, and sacrifices, and meat offerings, and incense, and bringing sacrifices of praise unto the house of the Lord. If we kept it, if we honored the Sabbath, Verse 27, but if ye will not hearken unto me and hallow the Sabbath day and will not bear, I'm, I'm telling you, brethren, I'm going to start over. But if ye will not hearken unto me to hallow the Sabbath and not bear a burden, even entering into the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire in the gates thereof and it shall devour the palaces of jerusalem and it shall not be quenched there's nothing that could stop the anger of god from taking you out if you do not hollow the sabbath danger brothers and sisters let's get the book of isaiah chapter 58 then we're going back into the book of Nehemiah. Let's get Isaiah 58. Now, when it says do no work therein, you see that the people in Exodus 16, verse 27, went back out again for their own will to collect food. Even though they were told not to do so, they did it anyway. They wanted to collect it for themselves. It was all about them. Remember that as we go into the New Testament. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13. Isaiah 58, verse 13 says this. We're going to read verse 13 and 14. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure, that's the work, on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, Honor him, not doing thy own ways, nor finding thine own ple pleasure, nor speaking thy own words. So not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasures, nor speaking thine own words is what we're not to do on the Sabbath. Verse 14, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. And I will cause thee to ride upon high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. That's a guarantee. That's how important the Sabbath was to God. Now, I said, brothers and sisters, you children of Israel, that Jeremiah and Isaiah took place before Nehemiah. Now, even though Nehemiah is before Jeremiah and Isaiah in the text, the time frame of Nehemiah was after both Isaiah and Jeremiah. Now, you can go and look up in the times that they prophesied in the times that um, the times of their existence and just any research. But I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, that these two prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah, 
prophesied and existed before the time of Nehemiah. So when we go back to Nehemiah 13, when we go back to Nehemiah 13, I'm going to show you something, and then I'm going to move it along. So we're going to go back to Nehemiah 13. We're going to read key verses in Nehemiah 13. Nehemiah 13, verse 15 is where we're going to start. It says this, In those days I saw in Judah some treading the wine presses on the Sabbath, and bringing in sheaves and laden asses, and also wine and grapes and figs, and all manner of burdens, which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I testified against them in the day wherein they sold victuals. See, the burdens, brothers and sisters, was mentioned back in Jeremiah 17, verse 21. We just read that. These are examples of the burdens that came through the gates. When we read Jeremiah 17, verses 20 and 21, they talked about the burdens. The example of the burdens are here in Nehemiah 13, verse 15, which took place after those two prophets prophesied. So Nehemiah had, had knew about Jeremiah. He knew he saw the script. The book of the law was available to them too, brothers and sisters. Let me show you. The book of the law was available to them too. Nehemiah 8, verse 8. So they read the book of the law of God distinctly and gave them the sense and caused them to understand the reading. That's Nehemiah 8, verse 8. So Nehemiah understood what Jeremiah was saying about the Sabbath day, brothers and sisters of the Most High. He knew something. Let's read on. Verse 16. There dwelt men in Tyre, the Gentiles. The men of Tyre are Gentiles. Also therein, which brought fish from the sea, all manner of wear clothing, sold on the Sabbath day unto the children of Judah and Jerusalem. So the children of Jerusalem and, and, uh, and Israel, the children of Judah and Jerusalem, are doing business on this day. Like they do today in this land here. Let's go buy this. Let's go buy that from the store. Let's go get the gardening tools. Let's go buy the washing machine. Let's go do the business on these days. Let's sell food. Let's just do what we want to on the Sabbath day. Verse 17 of Nehemiah 13. Then I contended with the nobles of Judah and said unto them, What evil thing is this? that ye do and profane the Sabbath day. So what was going on in verse 15, he contended with them in verse 17. Verse 18, did not your fathers thus, this, this, this not, did not your fathers thus mean, did not your fathers do this? Ain't this what you just read about? And did not our God bring all this evil upon us and upon this city, and yet ye bring more wrath upon Israel by profaning the Sabbath. Hey, listen, in Jeremiah 17, verse 27, God prophesied he would damage us if we did not hearken unto his Sabbath. He did it. 
brothers and sisters. He brought the fire. And it was not kindled. When Babylon approached, they burned our cities to the ground. Destroyed the wall. Done very heavy damage to the temple. Now, Nehemiah rebuilds that temple. The first thing, one of the first thing he does as the governor, <clears throat> the Tishatha, is restore order on the Sabbath. And it wasn't easy. Verse 19, he brought the commandment up that the gates should be shut from even to even. Because many people think that the day starts when the sun rises, which it does not, brothers and sisters. This nation uses words and they don't, they just use words. The day always start from even to morning. Let's look at that in Genesis chapter one. Every time the sun goes down, brothers and sisters, that begins a new day. I'm going to show you. Just out of example. Genesis chapter 1, verse 5. I'm going to read verse 4 and 5. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God, God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And it was evening and the morning, and that and evening and morning were the first day. So the first day went from evening to the morning to the next evening. That's how God's days work. That's the concept of time. But the man, like it says in Daniel 7, verse 25, this man shall think to change times and laws. Now the beginning of another day is 12 o'clock midnight. When the Bible says that the next day began at sunset. Verse 21 of Nehemiah 13. Then I testified against them and said unto them, Why lodge ye about the wall? If ye do so again, I will lay hands on you from the time forth they came no more on the Sabbath. See, Nehemiah was willing to beat down, to actually go into a physical altercation with these men that lodged about the wall, these Gentiles that lodged about the wall to try to sell on the Sabbath. See, this isn't read in your Sunday churches. They don't read this. They don't go to the history. They just want to try to start in certain scriptures to try to discredit God's holy day. And they're going to be judged for that, brothers and sisters. Nehemiah 13, verse 22 says this, And I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves. From what? Sin. And that they should come and keep the gates. Keep those gates to sanctify the Sabbath day. Be the keeper of the gates in truth and in righteousness to hollow that Sabbath day that God hollowed back in the beginning in Genesis 2 and 1. Nehemiah also said, Remember me, O my God, concerning this also, and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. Nehemiah was looking for the grace of God for this wonderful act he did 
and restoring the Sabbath to the city of Jerusalem and kicking out the Gentiles, which wasn't given the Sabbath anyway. This is the problem, brothers and sisters. Look at it today. Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. I'm just going to read this one scripture. Luke chapter 21, verse 24. It says, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword. Who? Jerusalem, the children of Jerusalem. And she'll be led away captives to all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Brothers and sisters, we are in the time of the Gentiles. When the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled, that's when Christ returns. So in the time of the Gentiles, I just wanted to read this, because in the time of the Gentiles, what does the Gentiles do? Make Sunday the day of worship. See, the see Jerusalem is not ruling at this time, the real Jerusalem, the real Jews. Because remember, Christ said in Revelations 2 and 9, let's read it. See, if you think that those that are over there in Jerusalem now are the real Jews, they are not. Because Jews, the real Jews, are a dark colored people. They're not white or red, brothers and sisters. They were originally a dark colored people. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 2. Lamentations chapter 5, verse 10. Now, I know there are a lot of preachers out here that try to contest to that, but I know where to go back to, to level it all out. And when I do the podcast episode entitled, Are the Children of Israel Done Away? Or if I decide to do the podcast, because it's two different ones, who are, are the... Uh, um, tribes of Israel done away, I should say. I'm going to go a little bit deeper into what they look like, who they were, and are they on earth today? And many of you who attend these first day of the week churches are told that they are done away. Everything in the first day of the week church is done away. To try to avoid teaching you the truth and the history that the Bible is meant for you to learn. Revelations 2 verse 9 says this, I know thy works and thy tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but the synagogue of Satan. So these Jews proclaim to be Jews, but they are actually the synagogue of Lucifer, of the devil. So somebody's saying they're Jews and are not. And you can go into any program to see who say they are the Jews, but Christ says they are not the Jews because we know that the Jews were a dark-skinned people. Let's go back to the book. <clears throat> of Jeremiah Jeremiah I'm going to read one verse 
Jeremiah 17, and I want to read in verse 27 again. But if ye will not hearken unto me to hallow the Sabbath day, and not bear a burden, even entering into the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then will I kindle a fire in thy gates in the gates thereof, and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem, and it shall not be quenched. Let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Now one of the things that you will see in the first day of the week church, the Sunday churches, is they'll say, well, Jesus taught every day. He healed every day. It just wasn't on the Sabbath day. He healed every day. Well, what scripture says that? Um, I don't know, but I know that he, how could you know something that you haven't read? I tell you, brothers and sisters, much of the teaching or the preaching they do on the first day of the week is in pretense and also in philosophy and vain deceit. This is your season or some other fancy title they give. Let's see if Christ taught every day. Let's get the book of Luke chapter 4 verse 16 and then we're going to go down to verse 31 the book of luke chapter 4 verse 16 and then we're going to go to verse 31 and he came to nazareth verse 16 where he had been brought up and as his custom Christ's custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read on the Sabbath day. His custom, which means every one of those Sabbaths, his custom was to go into the synagogue and read. Verse 31, Luke chapter 4, verse 31. Luke 4.31, Christ is on the trip. He's on the move again. And he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. I don't see every day yet. I don't see every day yet. So did he heal every day? Let's get the book. Of Luke 13, verses 12 through 14. Luke 13, verses 12 through 14. Let's see if Christ healed every day. Verse 12, Luke chapter 13, verse 12. Luke 13, verse 12 says, And when Jesus saw her, he called, he called to her and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hand on her, 
and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, There are six days which men are to work. In them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why did the ruler stand up against Christ because he healed on the Sabbath day? He said, there are six days which man should be healed. Come on now. Showing us that Christ didn't heal every day. He said, hey, the, first, the ruler said, hey, man, there are six days. Get, come get healed on them. Because Christ wasn't healing every day. He was healing only on the Sabbath. And brothers and sisters, he just wasn't touching people and loosing them from the pain of their infirmities. He was also healing them this way. Let's get the book of Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. We're going to read verse 16. Matthew 8 verse 16 real quick. Matthew 8 verse 16 says, When the even was come, and they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick. Christ taught too. He healed with the word also. See, the word also heals you, just like it says in Psalms 107 verse 20. We can't miraculously go and touch a person on the Sabbath and they be healed. I can't go touch a hand that's withered, no, but I can heal their hearts, their minds, and preach the gospel to them on the Sabbath. That is the work we do today, but Christ had the full measure of the Spirit, which gave him the power to actually heal a broken hand. Or in, case, in this case, in Luke, a woman that was humped over and couldn't even stand up straight. What a loving Christ we had to be able, an honorable Christ we had to be able to do not only the work in word, but in deed. Matthew chapter 12, verse 11. Matthew chapter 12, verse 11. Christ is confronted on the Sabbath again by rulers. And it seemed on the Sabbath day he was always confronted by these rulers as he tried to do his work that was without the temple. People have to realize that Christ's ministry was without the works of the temple. The works of the temple are the works of Moses. And the Pharisee and the Sadducee knew this. So on the Sabbath day, when he was trying to do his work, he was confronted 
and contradicted by those transgressors. Stay tuned, brothers and sisters. When we return after this break, we're going to conclude this podcast episode. Peace be unto you, brothers and sisters. It is almost time to go into the parables of Christ. Christ's parables can be read amongst religion. But as I said here at A Light to the Children Ministry, we are going to break down the parables of Christ. And believe it or not, brothers and sisters of the Most High, Old Testament is involved. Tune in, brothers and sisters, ye children of Israel, to these series because it's going to be interesting. The parables of Christ, there's a lot of milk and meat. So stay tuned to be edified, brothers and sisters. Welcome back, brothers and sisters, to this podcast episode. Before the break, we were going to go into the book of Matthew, chapter 12. I was going to read two verses to you, brothers and sisters, about um, what the... uh, Now, we read in um, Luke 13 about the ruler that was upset with Christ because he healed on the Sabbath day. Not every day, but the Sabbath day, brothers and sisters. Now I want to go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 11. I'm going to read two verses. And he said among them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? Now, to them that read this, you have to understand that Christ is kind of nudging them. This was an insult. Because what he's doing is he's going to show you that the Pharisee cared more about the flesh than man. Verse 12, how much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. See, Christ gave him a shot. Hey, man, you you guys care about the sheep. That is to be given to you for atonement of sins by some poor soul. But the same poor soul is more important than that sheep that you're going to receive. Just like today, brothers and sisters, I could just say this, the money that you get or put, you give and put in the tie collection plate, you're more important than that money you give to the preacher. Hmm. I just wanted to say that there, brothers and sisters, Ties was not money. Ties was, as he said in Matthew 23, verse 23, anise, mint, and cumin, which were spices. Tithe is also 
found in Deuteronomy chapter 14. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22. No, excuse me. I, yeah, verses 22 through 29. It was often the corn, the ties of thy corn. Verse 23, and this, I'm going to read you one verse out of Deuteronomy 14, and I'm going to read verse 23. Deuteronomy 14, verse 23 says, And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there. The tithe of thy corn and thy wine and of thine oil and of the firstlings of thy herds and thy flocks that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. The herd of thy flocks is the reason why Christ said that sheep, the herd, the herd is the herd of sheep or the herd of oxen. So the tithe involved that sheep mentioned in Matthew 12 verse 11. He said that is more important to you than me making a man whole. Now, this is what they came to him with on the Sabbath day, brothers and sisters, and that was evil. You care more about that tithing than you do the actual individual. And don't think that ain't today, brothers and sisters. Don't think that ain't today. This is why they can sit up and lie to you behind the pulpit and still pass you that collection plate. I just wanted to make that known. Let's get the book of John, chapter 7. John, chapter 7. John, chapter 7, and I'm going to read verses 22 and 23. John, chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. This is Christ. They said that he had a devil in verse 20. And, and Christ had spent much of the time defending himself on his work that he was doing on the Sabbath. And actually, brothers and sisters, what I wanted to do before I went to John 7. So get your bookmark and hold your place. Christ said in Matthew 12, verse Matthew 12, verse 12. Matthew 12, verse 12 says, How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Let's get the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verse 29. What is it to do well? Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verse 29 says this. Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always that it may be well with them and with their children forever. And doing well was keeping of the commandments. Christ kept that law on the Sabbath day because he's Lord of the Sabbath. Remember, Matthew 12 and 8, Luke 6 and 5, Mark 2, 28. He never said again, he's not the Lord of the for any other day, but the Sabbath. 
John chapter 7. Because see, I'm, I'm showing you some of the some of the burdens that were put on Christ himself by the Pharisee on the Sadducee, also the people. Because remember, and, and as I said in Matthew 11, verse 29, he, Christ says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am a meek and I am meek and I am a meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest for your souls. Verse 34, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Christ didn't have heavy burdens. His burden was light because it dealt with healing. The burdens of the Pharisee and the Sadducee was in the law of Moses. Christ brought grace and truth. Truth, Excuse me. John chapter 1, verse 17. He brought grace in the law, but the grace was in because the grace is in the law. I already explained that to you, brothers and sisters. Psalms 119, verse 29. The grace is in the law. It was in the law in the Old Testament, and it was the uh, grace given unto us, as we read in James 4 and 6, 1 Peter 5 and 5, where it says that the grace shall be given to the humble. The humble according to Jeremiah 44, verse 10, and Deuteronomy 8 and 2 was to keep the law. That is what made you humble. All these people and commercials and different things, tomorrow was raised up in humble beginnings. No, you were raised up in sin. That's not humble beginnings. To humble yourself is to keep the commandments. Jeremiah 44, verse 10. I'm going to read you that scripture real quick. Jeremiah 44, verse 10. You can't just listen to people use the words, brothers and sisters. Ask them for a scripture to explain to you what humble is. Jeremiah 44, verse 10 says this. They are not humbled even unto this day. Neither have they feared nor walked in my law, nor my statutes that I set before you and before your fathers. They were not humble because they didn't keep the law. Just like today, many people are not humble because they don't know the law, that the law is what humbled you. I'm just going to read it, folks. Deuteronomy 8 and 2. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. Deuteronomy 8 and 2 says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. See, God humbled us for the law. He didn't, it, it, you're just not humble because you're humble. You're humble to keep the law. That is what humbles you. That law humbles you. Malachi 3, verse 6, I am the Lord and I change not. Humble doesn't change. Christ being humbled and meek because Christ guided in judgment and in righteousness. That is what made him humble. Isaiah 11, verse 2 through 4. You can read it at your own leisure, brothers and sisters. Christ just didn't come around here touching people. Doop, doop, doop. And then everybody just walked again. No, Christ, he judged righteously and magnified God's law, as mentioned in Isaiah 42, 21. Let's go to the book of 
let's 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 read John chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. I gotta move a little quick. Moses therefore gave you unto you circumcision, not because of Moses, because of the fathers. Genesis 17 and 2 is when the covenant was given to Abraham. And ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. Verse 23. If a man on the Sabbath day receive circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are ye angry with me because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? See, Christ is saying, look, man, you guys do your thing on the Sabbath day. But you're going to bring burdens to me because I do my thing and teach and heal on the Sabbath day. See, Christ is not pleased with this. He's not pleased. That's why in Luke chapter 13, now remember, we read in, we read in the book of Jeremiah 17, verse 27 about that fire getting set if we didn't keep that Sabbath. Luke chapter 13, verse, I'm going to read verses 7, Luke 13, verses 7 through 9 for uh, time constraints. I'm going to hurry this through. Luke 13, verse 7. Then said he unto the, vent, uh, 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 the dresser of the vineyard, the vineyard being Israel, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 7. You can read that. Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down, why cometh the ground? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Cut it down means destroy it. And it ended up happening. That's why when you read in the book of Matthew 24, Christ tells them to flee unto Africa. That's what the warning was about. Matthew 24. See, Jerusalem was destroyed again. And why? This is the reason. The Sabbath day was not kept. That's why, that's why it was destroyed. That's why he said in Luke chapter 21. That's why he said in Luke 21. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you. That's why he said in Luke 21, verse 24 again, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captives unto the nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. There was a time, brothers and sisters, that Israel was destroyed due to the lack of faith. And one, and the Sabbath was one of them. Let's go to the book of John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Because this is what they try to say. Create. This is what they use to create their narrative of why the Sunday church exists. I'm going to read to you. I'm going to read to you. 
three scriptures that they use. Besides grace, we're not under the law, we're under grace. John 20, verse 19 says, Then the same day at even, being the first day of the week, the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews. And Jesus came and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. The disciples were assembled. See, they were assembled together like we assemble on Sunday. But it says in fear of the Jews. I'm going to show you what's not there. Acts 20, verse 7. This is too easy, brothers and sisters. The Sabbath was never done away. Acts 20, verse 7 says, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached. Oh, so Paul preached on unto them, ready to depart on, on the morrow and continue this speech until midnight. Now, Many preachers won't keep on going, but until midnight, remember I told you the first day of the week or any day of the week starts from evening to morning. So on Saturday night until midnight, Paul, that was the first day of the week because the days begin from evening to morning. It wasn't the actual day the next day which would have been Sunday morning, the first day of the week morning, because the first day of the week doesn't begin when the sun rises, brothers and sisters. It begins from, at that even. That's why it says Paul preached until midnight. There ain't churches going, preaching and, and meeting at midnight. They meet the morning the sun rises, sun worship. This religion was made by man. But let's get back to the point. 1 Corinthians 16 and 2. This is what they use. These three little, ver I mean, because remember, brothers and sisters, it's all about what you see. This is what Sunday worshipers see. First Corinthians 16, verse, verse two. It says, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him. Hmm. Boy, we want to take a look at that prosper. And I guarantee you it ain't in sin. Not these sinful worships on Sunday. Prospering ain't in that. Have them teach you from, I should say, Joshua 1 verse 8 on to this point, And you will see that prospering does not come through sin. Unless the sinner prospers them. Mentioned in the book of Psalms chapter 10 verse 3. The wicked blesses the covetous. So these pastors are getting paid from a higher power. Better take a look, brothers and sisters. I ain't going to deal with it. But when I make, I'm coming up with a future podcast about prosperity. And believe me, you're going to be surprised. First Corinthians 16, verse 2 again. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Now, the one I'm going to show you what's missing from all three of those verses. I'm going to show you. We're going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 13. I'm going to read to you from the book of Acts, 
from here on out. Acts chapter 13, verse 14. It says this. But when they departed from Pergia, or Perga, they came to Antioch and Poseidon and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. There was no synagogue in the three, three scriptures that I mentioned in Acts 20, verse 7, John 20 and 19, and 1 Corinthians 16 and 2. There is no synagogue. And after the reading of the law and of the prophets and the rulers of the synagogue set unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. See, that didn't happen in those three verses. See, they're in an actual synagogue reading the Bible. Not one time, not one time, that it says that they read the Bible any of those days. That's what's missing. I'm, I'm going to show you again. Let's, let's look again. Verse 27. Of Acts chapter 13. Just hitting the key points. Acts chapter 13 verse 27. For they that dwell in Jerusalem. And their rulers. Because they knew him not. Nor yet. the Nor yet the voices of the prophets. Which are read every Sabbath day. They have fulfilled them in condemning him. See, again, Luke 4, verse 16 says Christ's custom was to read on the Sabbath. So far, two scriptures confirm what Christ did in Luke 4, 16. They read the Bible on the Sabbath. Acts 20 and 7, 1 Corinthians 16 and 2, and John 20 and 9, they did not do that. They were not reading the Bible on the first day of the week. And also it proves in the New Testament, brothers and sisters, after Christ died, they're still keeping it. Pay attention. Acts chapter 13, verse 42. And when the Jews were going out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Not first day, the next seventh day Sabbath. Verse 43, now when the congregation was broke up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Verse 44, and the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. That did not happen in Acts 20 and 7. John 20 and 19 and 1 Corinthians 16 and 2. That did not happen. They came to hear the word of God. They opened the Bible again. There is no scripture that says on the first day of the week they read the law. No scripture. Your pastor can't prove it. And what he can't, and I remember he went to theology school, but he ain't gonna be able to prove that. Let's keep moving on. This is after Christ died, brothers and sisters. Acts 15, verse 21. Acts 15, verse 21. It says, 
for Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him, being read in the synagogue every Sabbath day. Read. They read the law, the Bible, on the Sabbath, and only on the Sabbath. Only. Let's get the book of Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. This is far after Christ died, brothers and sisters. Far. Long time. Watch this. Acts chapter 17, verse 2. And Paul, as his manner was, custom, went into the went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures, out of the law. They didn't do this on the first day of the week, brothers and sisters. They did not. The Sabbath was not done away. They are still teaching on the Sabbath. Acts chapter 18, verse 2. Acts chapter 18, verse 2. And we're going to read to verse 4. Acts 18, verse 2 says, And found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy, with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and brought forth by their occupation, they were tent makers. Verse 4. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Every Sabbath, Paul reasoned with them out of the scriptures. Now, let's count this up. Let's count this up. Acts 13, 14 and 15 is one. Acts 13, verse 27 is 2, 42 is 3, 44 is 4, verses I'm counting, Acts 15 verse 21 is 5, Acts 17 verse 2 is 6, Acts 18 verse 4, seven times in the New Testament, the Sabbath is mentioned and they kept it and read the scriptures. Not one time in the three times that Sunday church tried to use that they were in the synagogue, nor read from the Bible. One was John 20 and 19, they were in fear of the Jews. They assembled because they were afraid of the Jews. Acts 20 verse 7, the Sabbath ended into the night, Paul stayed and he preached. There was no synagogue 
And it didn't say he read the Bible. He just prophesied. 1 Corinthians 16 and 2, let every one of you lay by in store. Lay by in store of what? What, 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 why, why would, what, what is this, a tithe scripture? Is that what you, is that what you've given them a tithe? Where is the synagogue and reading of the text? You preachers of Sunday morning are standing behind a pulpit and pretending like you're reading the text. This is what they're doing. And I didn't even mention the book of Acts chapter 16, verse 13. That would have been eight. Eight times is mentioned that they were involved with the Sabbath. The Bible does not teach that the Sabbath is done away. Man teaches that it's done away. To justify keeping the false worship on Sunday. And what our people have to do is take a stand and say, if you can't prove it, I'm out of here. The integrity of a man is based off his bravery. To just sit with a suit on and a tie because you're afraid to confront the preacher? It's like giving your salvation into the hands of man. Brothers and sisters, I hope you gleaned something from this. Stay tuned for future podcasts. And like I said, this ain't no attack. Ask them to prove to you that they were in the synagogue and read the Bible on the first day. Because that's when they have their Bibles and you go into their buildings on the corner. Surely they ought to be able to prove to you this in the Bible, instead of using those three little chapters and verses. And with that, brothers and sisters, may God bless you. Stay tuned for more podcast episodes, because we're going to get to the bottom of a lot with love and all praises. Peace once again be unto you, brothers and sisters. I'm your host, the Apostle Reuben. These podcasts are not um, made to belittle anybody's knowledge. I know that my knowledge was increased with Scripture. I interpret Scripture with Scripture. I don't guess and I don't make things up. What I read is what I believe. And if you go to the book of Acts 24, verse 14, it says the same thing about Paul. Brothers and sisters, I do not believe in man above what what is written. And I took an interest in what was written. And I read it myself. I got tired of the pastor telling me, pray for the knowledge. When he went to theology school, And he was supposed to be the one that taught me. I'd like to go to the book of Romans again, chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And I want to read this one verse. It says in verse 14, 
How then shall they call upon him whom they have not heard, who have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Brothers and sisters, we need the ministers to teach us the word of God, not the imagination of their own hearts. Not folly. We need them to teach the word of God. And that's what this podcast stands on. We will teach you the word of God and interpret it with the word of God. That's why the grace sounds different. Faith sounds different. Things are going to sound different when you read and interpret scripture with scripture. So if you like this, brothers and sisters, please subscribe so that you won't miss one episode when it comes unto you. With that, brothers and sisters, keep your heads up to the sky and your hands spread. And let your supplication be with truth. And let your supplication be with honor. And continue to seek the word of God by his book. Peace be unto you.